From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name. There aren't many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. on vacation this week, which means for the rest of us, it's like we're on vacation too this week. So, the <laughs> <laughs> tie free Monday, That's hot take Monday, one. brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I 49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and always a lifetime warranty on every new unit they sell at Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I 49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover. With Wheels RV. Chuck, you're running out of weekends, which is a good thing right now before college football uh, gets back and the Razorbacks are 12 days out. Their final um, kind of day of camp. They move into to more game week mode uh, at the end of last week and, and starting this week with classes resuming. Sam Pippen was asked on Saturday following the scrimmage about K.J. Jefferson and his passing. He said he's getting the ball out faster this year in camp. I think getting, out, getting the ball out of your hands quicker is has everything to do with knowing where to go to the ball pre-snap and going with the ball whereas reads are much faster one's covered i'm going there but uh, i don't know you'd have to ask him but i think a lot of times it was i'm gonna go to one read and if it's not open i'm gonna find burks you know which has worked out pretty good you know but uh, this year i think he understands coverages and the looks and all that it's, therefore he's getting the ball and he's got a quicker release but i think that's why he's throwing the ball faster Chuck, what I'm hearing there is the description of a player that's more confident and has a a better mastery, if you will, of the offense. No doubt about it, and I think that's what makes them feel good about what K.J. can be this year and certainly what he he became last year. And, um, you know, you're you're talking about a guy who has been around, and this is a a quarterback that, you know, understands what they're trying to do and uh, executes what they do very well. And, you know, he, he echoed a point there that, you know, we've kind of talked about that, or maybe we echoed his point that he's talked about a lot, is that, um, you know, K.J.'s a guy that, you know, he, he, he competes. But last year, you know, Burks was his favorite target. And, you know, when there wasn't exactly – Everything, you know, when the first option wasn't there, he threw it to Burks, basically. Threw it up there. And there's going to have to be a comfort level with somebody else. Um, You know, he's got two real bookends at the end now. Um, You know, when they split wide with uh, Thompson and Landers, uh, he's got 
two big wide receivers that physically are in the mold of Burks, um, guys you can throw it up to uh, when you're, uh, you know, when you've got to. They're able to play Hazelwood in the slot, and I think that's going to be an advantage. There were a lot of people that raised some eyebrows, I think, at times when they did that initially, but I think Hazelwood's a guy that's going to get a lot of mismatches out of that slot. But physically, um, you know, you look at Landers and Thompson, and, and, and they look a lot like Burks. Another quick-hitting headline this morning, we're talking about wide receivers and targets for K.J. Uh, one guy you can take off your spotting board, Jaqueline Crawford, uh, has entered his name into the transfer portal. Did this at the end of last week. He played in seven games last season, caught three passes for 27 yards and two non-con games. Crawford uh, first played at Oklahoma before coming to Arkansas. Four-star player out of Texas, and Chuck, he's leaving the Razorback program. Yeah, you could kind of see that coming. I mean, he wasn't getting to play much. He got hurt. And, uh, you know, it just uh, just never worked out for him here. Sometimes guys just need a change of scenery. I mean, he's a, a fast kid. I mean, really fast. And, um, you know, he's, he's still got some football ahead of him. But it just wasn't happening for him here, and he wasn't going to get to play. All right, our last headline here this hour, uh, Dave Van Horn has added another commitment. Uh, this is one uh, from just about a half a mile away from his stadium. Fayetteville sophomore Jason Delmar or Delamar uh, gave his commitment to the Diamond Hogs last Friday, choosing Arkansas over Tennessee. That makes the win even sweeter. Uh, he is uh, a two-sport athlete, Chuck, for Fayetteville High School. Sophomore player apparently already hit 94 on the gun. It sounds like he's really good, yeah, you know, and um, um, obviously Tony Vitello used his contacts that he still has in Fable to try to recruit him too. And, you know, I'm just struck year after year after year about how, you know, good the Arkansas players are, how good the kids from our state are. Now, you know, Fayetteville's given the Razorbacks a lot of players over the years. I mean, going way back, but, you know, uh, there was a time when, you didn't have very many Arkansas players on your team. And there was a time, frankly, when a lot of the kids from Fayetteville, they were on the team, but they weren't necessarily the the big guns. And, and that's changed over the last 10 to 15 to 20 years. I mean, Dave's elevated the whole sport. And um, you see kids from our state coming now and, Man, they're 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 ready to play the best players in the country right out of the chute. You know, and baseball to me is one of those sports that you know, with basketball and football, you may pick it up a little bit later in life. You may not play till you get to seventh grade. Well, baseball is one of those. If you don't grow up loving it, your dad or your mom isn't uh, taking you and getting you involved at ages four, five, six, seven, eight years old. You're always behind. I mean, it just seems like it's tough. To, that's a tough sport, Chuck, even at 10, 11, 12 years old, to be the newcomer with any team because it's you know, there's so much travel ball, so much specialty, so much year-round baseball. That's why these players are so much better, I believe, at a, at a younger age now. Maybe so. I mean, they, uh, um, you know, there's good and bad and all that, and we could talk for a couple hours on that part. But um, uh, the, thing that, uh, the thing that I think more than anything is coaching. Um, high schools uh, made a financial commitment to baseball. Small towns have uh, real baseball programs now as opposed to just fielding a team. They have facilities. They have, um, you know, they have guys that um, teach the game. And um, I, think, I think that's got a lot to do with it, too. All right, those are your quick-hitting headlines this morning brought to you by the Booyah Bait Company from Pradco, made right here in Arkansas. 
They've got the hottest swimming jig on the Arkansas River right now. It's the Booyah Mobster, designed by the experts, the guys that know the Muddy Water Mob. They're uh, they're right here in Arkansas and Oklahoma, and they know how to win tournaments on Kerr Lake, on Dardanelle, and the Arkansas River. So if you're working uh, submerged or matted grass areas, you need the Booyah Mobster to help you reel them in and win that tournament. Find it at LearnHead.com. Tackle stores all over Arkansas and Oklahoma. It's the Booyah Mobster from Pradco. One of the big headlines, Chuck, from the weekend was, and I think this isn't a surprise headline, but, but certainly uh, the fact that it seems like uh, – we're getting very close to the athletic directors, the presidents, the chancellors of the Southeastern Conference making a a official move towards nine games. Uh, the, mo- the, um, the the news last week of the Big Ten and their TV arrangement with the three networks, uh, I think, has is, is, is pushed the SEC to get some news out here. And it seems like nine games is all but done right now with the, with the leaders of this conference. Well, I think we all knew nine games was coming. I mean, if you paid attention, I think you knew the nine-game schedule was coming. The questions were how and when. And, you know, we're beginning to get maybe a little bit clearer picture on this now, or at least it's starting to come into focus. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to me, for better or worse, uh, I think schools and, and ADs and everybody's just got to accept the fact that these TV deals, have become simply another way for fans to keep score in the offseason. The same way they do with recruiting rankings, the same the same way that, that, that you just do with anything that allows you to keep score when you're not actually playing games. Now, some of this stuff, in terms of the money, is, um, I think, way overblown by the media because everybody's got plenty of money. If you're in the SEC or the Big Ten, you're not short on cash. I can promise you that. Um but in terms of the schedule and going to a nine-game schedule, now that is something that I think is very significant um, for everybody. And um, to me, the most significant line in Chris Lowe's story was the fact that several AD said they are hopeful that the new schedule plan will be finalized sometime this fall. Before the 2022 season is complete. So that tells me a couple of things. Tells me, number one, that, you know, everybody wondered last week, well, what's the what's the counter? What's the PR counter going to be to the Big Ten's TV deal? Well, I think this is part of it. And I also think that, look, the SEC's got plenty of money. They can get this done. Let's buy out Texas. Let's buy out Oklahoma. Let's do what we got to do. Everybody's got the money. Let's not act like we do. Let's put this money together. Let's get them in this league. And I think that when you talk about we're going to release the schedule or at least have it worked out within, what, three months, three or four months Mm -hmm. before the season's done, and you're telling me that you're going to do that in 2022 with the idea that they're not going to be here until 2025. I think that's a little far-fetched. This tells me that they're going to come into the league sooner. Um, and, and, and it needs to happen. Uh, you know, again, we're this is silly money. And, um, you know, I promise you the Big Ten, based on what we've seen, is accelerating their pace. Because, you know, hey, they got a lot of catching up to do. 
And again, in a climate where, for better or worse, people, including recruits, are going to keep scored with this stuff, um, there's the reality that, from a PR standpoint, you got to do some countering from time to time. And um, now, you know, that's the when. We're not even into the how yet, and the how's going to be who you end up playing because this three six model is going to going to be the yeah. final model, I'm sure. Yeah, reading uh, some more from Chris Lowe's uh, column. Apparently, there was a big meeting last week with the league athletic directors. Are regularly scheduled meeting uh, that they do in the summer at the end of the summer. Administrators and coaches from multiple schools in the league said the feeling is now that the SEC will ultimately land at nine conference games. With the um, three six format that you just mentioned, when the new scheduling model is announced, now it is customary for the schedule for the following year to come out at some point, usually midway through a third of the way through the current college football season. Meaning, towards the end of September, early October, we could expect the, the following schedule or the, the the schedule for the following fall. But what you're saying, Chuck, is we're talking about a schedule that's going to be two years out. This wouldn't be. Uh, perhaps, or, or at least as it, uh, under the current format, the 23 schedule, it would be the 24 schedule. And um, meaning everything should be accelerated by a year. And under the, you know, there's a lot of different tentacles off this discussion when you get into 3-6. Well, well, who will the three be? And that, that's, a, that's a fun conversation for each school. Well, everybody's talking about it. I mean, A&M's already said they want to play Texas and LSU every year. And, um, you know, um, or Texas A&M said that. Texas has said they want to play A&M in Oklahoma every year. And I suspect those things will happen. Of course, from our perspective, we care about who we play. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think the reality is, and I think we're going to have to accept it, but I think the reality is going to be that we will play Missouri as one of our three. I think that's going to be one of the three. I I think we got to accept that and go on. I think the question's going to be um, between Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M. You know, there's only so much to go around. And I would imagine, for example, that the SEC would love, love to have Alabama and Texas A&M playing each other every year. Nick Saban, as long as he's going against Jimbo, you think they don't want that game every year? There's going to be other games. And, and folks, television's going to dictate all this. It's not going to be a matter of who's got the most pull in the room, who's been around the longest, who can do the best cajoling. It's not going to be like that. This is not the old days. The TV executives are going to make the call, and they've got so much money to pass around that everybody, you know, they may have objections, and I'm sure they'll voice them. But in the end, the TV people are going to make the deals. And, and you know, for Arkansas, I, I, I um, again, I think one of the three is going to be Missouri. I think the question is, you know, who do you play in those other three that we consider to be the permanent possibilities? You're only going to get two of them, I suspect. Um, you know, so may end up being Oklahoma. I mean, who knows? May end up being Oklahoma and somebody from the other side. So let's start with one, all right? So, you know, who is the one opponent? And let's just kind of go through it team by team. I've kind of started on a list here, just in alphabetical order. Alabama's going to, I mean, if you only had one permanent opponent, who's that absolutely going to be? Well, for Alabama, it's Auburn. For Auburn, it's Alabama. Agreed? Sure. For Florida, it's Georgia. For Georgia, it's Florida. For Ole Miss, the two Mississippi schools. It's uh, all, and I put OU Texas for those two because I think exactly your last point, 
who's uh, who's going to dictate this? This is the TV executives. This is what they're paying the billion dollars a year, perhaps, for us to make sure the Red River rivalry. OU is- Texas is on the level of the biggest games in exactly. college football. They should absolutely play each other every year. So if we go with Arkansas and, and, and Missouri as locked-in opponents, that leaves teams like LSU out there. Ten- who is Tennessee's absolute number one permanent opponent? You got Vandy left. You got South Carolina. You got Mizzou. If Arkansas is not married to them in a, in a arranged marriage, who does Kentucky play? I mean, to me, this those were the easy ones I just listed. But who is South Carolina's? Hey, the number one game you've absolutely got to play with South Carolina. Well, it'll be Clemson when they come into right. the league, but we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, but of, of the list left, I mean, I could see where you could you could make a case that it is Tennessee. But is it Tennessee Vandy? I guess if you're Josh Heupel, you don't mind having a built-in win. Who does say You know, to me, I think you put A and M and LSU together on that list. And what I would love to see, and this won't happen, is Missouri and Kentucky be permanent opponents in football. No one desires that, but that would mean Arkansas and LSU could be that one game that you're going to absolutely play because that would, that wouldn't be the worst thing ever. But you know that you know all these geographical rivalries like the Iron Bowl, like the Egg Bowl, all these things, Florida, Georgia. Chuck, those are games that, you know, they're, they're first on the list of absolutely will be played. Well, sometimes I think we forget, too, being kind of in the, one of the outposts of the SEC is that how close all these schools are to one another when you get into the Deep South. I mean, Auburn and Alabama, very close to one another. Actually, Alabama and Mississippi State, about an hour and a half. Um, you know, there, there, there are lots of places down there where it is a very, very short drive. And we talk about our border rivalries. I mean, you know, they got border rivalries, too. And, and, and they've been going on, you know, in terms of the SEC a lot longer than ours. So, um, L- yeah, LSU Ole Miss is one of those games that people don't absolutely. talk about, but it's a huge game between absolutely. Those two. For the old school Ole Miss people, that's their biggest game of the year, and for the old or for the old school LSU people, particularly on the you know the people that are on that side of Louisiana, that's a uh, that's a big game. But you talked about something a minute ago that 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 also has to be part of this equation. Um, gimme games, competitive balance, yeah. Um, that's something that is absolutely going to come into play. And I'll give you an example. Now, you know, Texas A&M gets more pub for a four-loss program than any team in the history of college football. But be that as it may, they are thought of, and certainly for a school like Texas, would be a rivalry game. Is Texas going to want to play three schools if they were to play Arkansas every year, are they going to want to play A&M, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, three schools that give their left arm to beat them every year? Mm-hmm. Three schools that are going to approach them as the biggest game of the year. I don't know if they're going to go for that. Now, Texas isn't going to have a lot of stroke when they come into the SEC, but they'll have some. And, um, you know, there's they're, they're just lots of – there's so many different scenarios, and we think about the teams in our own backyard. I mean, I promise you in Georgia and Florida and, um, you know, Auburn and, and Tuscaloosa and all those other places, they're, they're, they're having similar conversations. But um, I kind of think, you know, I don't know that there's going to be like, you know, you're going to have three until you expand again, and then you're going to have to do it all over again. But for the time being, you're going to have three, and I don't know that one's going to stand out over the two and three. But I do think, based on 
you know, the lay of the land, I, I, I think we're going to need to accept the fact that Missouri is going to be one of those games. With three permanent opponents, if if we live in a world where Texas and OU aren't two of those three, that's just not a world I want to live in. I mean, and I'm coming from the bias of living in western Arkansas, living on the Arkansas-Oklahoma border. If Arkansas is not playing Texas and OU every year, and those are games that, listen, OU is one of the premier programs. That's not – Arkansas is much better off playing Missouri from a win-loss standpoint. But from an excitement standpoint, from a fan standpoint, Chuck, I can't, I can't wait to play those games because just the excitement uh, in our fan base and the excitement around what we do here every morning and engaging with fans will go to another level. Uh, you don't get to play that game but every two or three years. That, that sure takes some of the shine off this expansion for me. Well, maybe. Um, you know, here's the thing. I, I can remember when we left the Southwest Conference. And went to the SEC. We were tired of playing Texas. We were tired of playing Texas A&M. We talked the same way about the chance to play Tennessee every year, and chance to play Alabama every year, play Auburn. It was because it was new. And, and um, you know, this is this is the way of the world. And it's going to again. This is not this is not realignment. It's consolidation. And we're going to. If, if if the Big Ten says they're going to 20, there's a pretty good chance the SEC is going there too. And the idea that you're going to be able to play all these teams every year um, and you don't want it to get into a situation where these pods, as people are calling them, become the only, you know, you think the rest of the league's just like your pod. You don't want to get so encased in your pod that, you know, you don't, you don't have a sample size across the Southeastern Conference. And so it's going to be a huge challenge scheduling. And, and um, the three, six models where they're going initially. And, 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 again, it will hold until they expand. And after that, you know, they're going to have to redo the schedule. You'll still have a three, six in all probability, but you're going to have more teams to work with. I think the three is uh, – the word permanent is just – well, it's it's too permanent. So I think the three ought to be reviewed every four years or eight years. Or There should be some deadline or some, some – to keep the competitive balance because programs rise and fall. Programs get better. Programs get worse. In the 90s, in the early 2000s, Tennessee was as good as there was in this league. That's changed. Um, you know, Alabama has gotten to the point they no longer desire to play Tennessee on the on the regular like they once did. Tennessee is still a huge game for them. So I, I hate the word permanent because it seems so rigid. But uh, maybe there will be a mechanism. I think you're right. Expansion will be that mechanism. But at some point, you know, ex- what is the limit to expansion? We thought it was 14. It became 16. It will probably become 20. But the idea of permanent anymore seems almost a farce in college football. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's going to change some more. I mean yeah. we're 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 a long way from done, but yeah. um, you know again I I think people's dissatisfaction is <laughs> going to stem from the fact that they you know if Missouri is one of those three they're going to be upset by that. Well, but, it's going to um, be though. Um, I just I, I just suspect that's what's going to happen. All right, so that's what we want to ask you. When the SEC goes to nine conference games, which three schools would you select as Arkansas's? permanent opponents we want to hear from you the phone lines are open 877-377-6963 you can text chuck and i'd rather go old school and just hear from you this morning so give us a call and uh, we'll chat it up here after the uh, top of the seven o'clock hour 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make. Make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Believe B L E A V fifty. That's Believe B L E A V five zero. Bet online where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. All right, back on the Morning Rush. It's time for our Red River Dodge and Heber Springs Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge and Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. Chuck, when the SEC goes to nine games, and it's inevitable, nine conference games, there's going to be three permanent opponents, three rotating opponents. Which three schools would you select as Arkansas's permanent opponents? Well, I wouldn't select Missouri, but I think they're going to be part of the group. If I was just selecting, yeah. I mean, if I was just picking, I'd pick Oklahoma, Texas, and Tennessee. Why Those Tennessee? Would be the three that I would pick. Because I think that um, there is a lot of tradition there. I think for people on the eastern side of our state, I think that that is a, uh, uh, that is a game that they would enjoy every year. I think in the Memphis area, it would be a huge, huge ball game, I think, for our fans east of Little Rock. And really, you know, we, we forget, I mean, Little Rock and Memphis, if you can get through all those construction areas, I mean, you know, that's a, um, you know, a two-hour drive, and you've got a lot of people that go back and forth there for work and such. So I'd like to see them play Tennessee every year. Now, you know, the one school that we're not mentioning in all this is Ole Miss. Well, that- Where does Ole Miss fit into the picture? Yeah. And, um, you know, we think of the Texas and Texas A&M, Oklahoma three. Um, I'm not sure that's what they're thinking in the SEC office. Um, You know, and I like playing LSU every year. I mean, you know, the best part of last season, if you want to know the truth, was seeing how mad they were after the game when the Razorbacks won. I mean, they were so mad. Everybody. From the fans to the guys that cut the grass, everybody was so hacked when it was over. And, you know, that tells me that, you know, Basil's boot from 25, 30, 40 years ago, however long it was, um, for the longest time it only mattered to us. But uh, it matters to them now, too. And, um, you know, you want them to be a little bit – well, you want them to be a lot hacked off. 
when you win at their place. That's the fun part of winning on somebody else's fields, watching them get mad. And, um, you know, so I'd like to see them play LSU every year. I like beating those guys. So what do you think out there listening this morning? Who would be the three permanent opponents you would like to play? That's our our, our question for you today. 877-377-6963. Danny's in Russellville. Danny, who are the three you'd like to play? I'll tell you what, guys. I could live with Missouri, Texas, and Oklahoma. That would be my – I wouldn't pick Missouri, but I, I'm pretty sure, like Chuck said, we're going to get Missouri. And if we could get Oklahoma, Texas, it would make me happy. But there's a lot of speculation that it's going to be Missouri, Texas, and Texas A&M. My myself, personally, I would prefer to play Oklahoma because it's just right there. You know, I mean, well, short trip. I do, I, I do think, Danny, and, and, and that it should be three opponents whose states touch our state, whether it's OU, whether it's Texas, Missouri, LSU, or one of the Mississippi schools, or even Tennessee, as Chuck suggested. There I are, think we're losing LSU, yeah, unfortunately. You know, those I should be the most drivable if games. If you're placing with Oklahoma, I could live with that. Yeah. I mean, this should give the league, and thanks for the call, Danny. Chuck, this should give the league the opportunity to schedule. You mentioned about drivable games and, and, and proximity with some of these rivalries earlier. This should give the league a chance to put games on the schedule that fans can drive through, that a that a that an airline flight isn't required to go to to some of these games uh, when they show up as road games on your schedule. Yeah, that's the one thing that our fans have not had an opportunity to do that a lot of other fans in the SEC do have every week the opportunity to do, and and that's getting their car and drive without having to, you know, drive all day or figure out where they're going to spend the night along the way. Um, you know, Ole Miss is you know been our shortest trip and we're pretty much their longest trip unless yeah. they go to florida or south carolina so you know within the division we are their longest trip and they're our shortest trip so um you know it will be nice would be nice if that were to happen and 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 i do think that they'll pay attention to some of that as much as they can you know it's interesting what danny said and i do think that you know this texas rivalry if you really go back it, it was Little old Arkansas against big old Texas. I mean, that, 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 that was what it was all about. If you go back to our parents and our grandparents, it was little old Arkansas against big old Texas. Well, we don't think of ourselves as little old Arkansas anymore. At least I don't think we do. We shouldn't if, uh, if we still have that, that mindset. And I think a lot of people, and some of it is generational again, but particularly for those on what I call the Western Wall, um, you realize that, well, you know, yeah, Texas is a great game, but it's these Oklahoma people I got to work with every day. <laughs> it's these Oklahoma oh, people I, that I get feel the, the passing lane and won't move oh, over into the right never. lane. They never these old, you know, it's these old green taggers that don't know how to drive. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they're the, they're the ones we want to play. And uh, I do think that there are people in Fayetteville. I, you know, I know there are people in Fayetteville and Siloam Springs, and you go down Highway 59. Um I think those people would rather play Oklahoma than anybody. No question. But I think someone in Helena or West Helena or West Memphis, they want to play Ole Miss. I, I know and there's an a... El Dorado, I promise you, and we had a caller from yeah. Magnolia. They want to play LSU. Absolutely. But I don't, get, I don't ever get the sense from someone in Harrison or Mountain Home or Bella Vista my God, we got to play Missouri. I mean, I, I don't ever get that. We have, Of all the teams we got to play, it's Missouri. 
No, I don't. I don't think they're clamoring to play Missouri at Mountain Home. Although I do think there are probably some people that like the game. But um, you know, here's the deal. Let's just be honest. We don't like being lumped with Missouri, and 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 that's just the reality of the situation. Well. If you don't want to be lumped with Missouri, the way you get away from that is to whip their butt every year. You know, if you don't think you're in Missouri's group, we'll beat Missouri every year. I mean, run them off the field. And, uh, um, you know, it won't be as big a game anymore, and people won't be saying, man, we got to make sure Arkansas and Missouri play each other. You know, if you kick their butt every year, nobody wants to, you know, nationally, nobody wants to see that every year. So if you don't want to be lumped with them, we need to beat them every year. We need to understand that it's an important game to them, and we need to treat it the same way. Ryan and Conway says Missouri, Texas, and then either Oklahoma or A&M. JT and Hot Springs thinks Kentucky and Tennessee should be two wow. of the permanent games. You know, but the Arkansas-Kentucky overtime game is still a, a favorite one. I don't know if that means it should be a permanent. Kentucky's going to be one of those hard schools of who do you place them with? As their absolute number They'll one. They'll play Tennessee every year. Tennessee and Kentucky have some history there. Yeah. Um, they'll play them every year. RJ and Van Buren says Texas, OU, and LSU would be his three. That would, I think, be all right with a lot of people. Jamie, Jamie May doesn't care who it is as long as Texas is one of them. JT, talking about someone wanting uh, Bama. JT in Laurel, Mississippi says Mizzou, Texas, and Bama dot 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 if we can stay competitive with them <laughs> well you know one thing you do have to think about and and you know because it's tv and i hate that word brand because it gets overused a lot but you know they're looking for these big brands and they're going to love texas and alabama they're going to love the possibility mm -hmm. of having jimbo against nick saban with a and m in alabama i mean um you know and again you're going to have and we touched on this in the first hour you're going to have competitive balance issues that come up because a lot of these marquee games everybody wants to see, it's like all of a sudden you're going to look at your schedule and you go, man, um, you know, somebody's got to play Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, you, uh, you start looking at these three permanent opponents for some people, and it's like, boy, they got a, they got a much easier road than we do. And you'll have a lot of people griping about that, I'm sure. It won't be Bama that gets saddled with uh, with Vanderbilt. I can assure you of that. Eric and oh, Green. Don't be so sure. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> They've been protected with Vanderbilt before. Yeah, they get them this year too, right before Arkansas. Uh, Eric and Greenwood wants Missouri, OU, and LSU. West wants OU on the schedule. Harry Dog in Fayetteville says Texas, LSU, and Missouri. Now, Harry Dog's one of the few that's actually suggested Missouri should be one of the three. Blake in Fort Smith wants OU, Texas, and Ole Miss. I think we get caught up because of where, what side of the state you live on. We forget about the the border feelings that, like someone in Fort Smith or Siloam Springs may have for OU. Well, that's the same thing on the eastern side of the state for Ole Miss. Um, White Chocolate says LSU, A&M, and Texas. Create a trophy game for the Texas game. Maybe so. I mean, you certainly wouldn't have any argument here. One thing about playing Missouri, though, and I think we need to think about this. Let's say you own Mizzou. Let's say you play them every year, you own Mizzou. We should be able to go into Kansas City and St. Louis and get anybody we want. Good point. And there are good players. We've gotten good players that come out of both of those areas. Kansas is not any good. You beat Missouri every year, you own them. Bielema is going to go into parts of Missouri and get some players for Illinois. And other states up there are going to go into Missouri and get some players. 
Nebraska will if they can. But if we play Missouri every year and we own them, like our fans think we should, we ought to be able to go up there and get any player we want. We've got Barry Odom on our staff. We've got Mike Shearer on our staff. we got Mizzou guys on our staff. Sam Pittman's got some history there. If they're going to be our permanent opponent, and I think they will be, let's kick their butt every year and let's own their state in recruiting because that's the dividend as I see it. Let's see what Eddie and Clarksville thinks. Eddie, who would be the three permanent opponents you'd put on the schedule? Good morning, gentlemen, and good morning to this great fan base. Of course, there's no who Eddie from Clarksville would like to see on the slate. Number one would be Texas. They're one of the most intense rivalries in all of college football. No doubt about it. It'd be great for recruiting. Number two, when you talk about borderline games, we've had some great games. I can't remember. I guess the Bengals in Baton Rouge. Let me tell you this. Greatest performance I ever witnessed was in Baton Rouge by an athlete, and I've been a fan for a long time by Mr. Darren McFadden. What a performance. Should have won the Heisman that day in Baton Rouge. Then you talk about the miracle on Markham. And number three, I'd like to see Oklahoma. I mean, put it to the Sooners. I, I tell you what, I'm around some arrogant Sooner fans. But look at your schedule. You're coming to our league now, the big boy league. Let me say this. Exciting times are ahead. Uh, but the reason I called in just briefly, gentlemen, I'd like to take a poll this morning. I mentioned it on halftime. I'd like to ask Coach Pittman, the players, the administration, and our great athletic director who had the wisdom to hire Coach Pittman. I'd like, you know, back in the day, Cleveland Browns, from about 85 to 92, had an environment you went into. Especially in the play where Bernie Kozar called the dog pound. I want to turn the Razorback Stadium into the whole pound. And we're on the duck. We got two weeks to get it ready. Because we're going to welcome the Bearcats. And it's going to run all season long to the, to the whole pound. And number two, I'd like to ask a plea with you. I want this theme song playing all season long. It's a hit to play. This song has played in a lot of movies. You know what the song is? It's called By the Talking Heads Burning Down the House. And we're going to stop. <laughs> we're going to start September 3rd in Fayetteville against the Bearcats, and we're going to burn down the house. So, Mr. Uchek, get the fire department nearby. <laughs> Because we're going to burn up the house all season long. Thank you for taking my call, gentlemen. I don't know that I ever thought I would ever hear Eddie reference the talking heads on one of his calls. And I've just got this image of Eddie setting a couch on fire outside his house after the game. You know, going out there to the street, taking that old couch out there the way they do in West Virginia, and just, just burn that couch when the game's over. Can you imagine when you're setting the scene and we're almost ready for kickoff and you – you reference and you, you kind of paint the picture and you, you know, we're back here at the hog pound in Fayetteville, you know, 78 degrees, overcast skies. We're, we're ready for Hey, I take the 78 <laughs> degrees and overcast skies for well, the first game. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say maybe the first game, but uh, I can just hear you saying the hog pound. That, uh, that's a... That's not a surprising suggestion from Eddie. So, 877-377-6963. Who do you think the three permanent opponents should be when 
The SEC goes to nine games. It's a hot take Monday. What's your hot take on that? 877-377-6963. We're brought to you by Wheels RV. They're five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, and always a lifetime warranty on every new unit they sell. That's all at Wheels RV. Again, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. Chuck, there's some inevitable problems or banana peels, if you will, with a nine-game schedule, one of those being unbalanced home versus road schedules. And I think that's going to be one thing that uh, the league has to work around, but also in the years where you might have teams or a third team trying to get into the to the expanded playoff or um, you know, teams vying for a conference title, the fact that you're never going to have balanced schedules of home versus road is, I think, one of the things that fans will uh, will always have an argument over. Well, this is going to be, I mean, you know, you're right. I mean, you're going to have years where every other year you're going to play five road games, and that goes to the competitive balance, and it all has to work together in terms of permanent opponents too. And, um, you know, I, I just got this vision of, you know, a couple of guys five beers in trying to flight the four ball for you know saturday morning after after the first flight on friday i, I mean it's uh um you know i i, I don't know how they're gonna do it but, i don't, I don't want to uh, figure in the calcutta then so there's uh I, hey i guarantee you there's going to be a computer involved i guarantee you there's going to be some things that are going to be yeah. put into the computer for it to spit out and uh, like most Arkansas fans, we figure the the formula will involve how to how to put the shaft to Arkansas uh, immediately well, in the in the algorithm. You know, so I don't know about that, well, but uh, you know, hey, we've been in the league since 1992, and I know for us, you know, for a lot of people in Arkansas, it's that's their whole life. But you know, in terms of the life of the SEC, it's not. And um, you know, we had a good year last year, and we think we're going to be good for a while now. And I, I, I. I certainly agree with that, but yeah. um, you know we're not in a position of strength just yet. Yeah. All right, let's check in with Fayetteville Joe, who's uh, got his thoughts on three teams. Joe, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Um, one, I like the idea that we're thinking about this like we've got you know real say in it. Um, but I like A uh, and M, Texas, and LSU as the three I'd want to play. And and just to say, I, I live in Baton Rouge now. God, I'm so sick of this uh, purple and gold. But uh, to, to your point, they were seething. And seething is the, is the phrase that, as soon as you said it, it's what came to mind to me, that they were uh, literally, like, they were on fire. They were mad enough to, to light, a, light a couch on fire after we beat, beat them down here last year. That was, it was beautiful. It was it was, I was having a terrible day until we won. It was, <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Y'all have a good morning. All right, Joe, thanks for the calls. Let's go to J.W., who is uh, in London. J.W., who should be the three opponents? Well, I, we're the borderline, and we're not deep south, so I think it should be Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. I don't care about A&M. <laughs> but I think a lot of people feel question, that way. My question is... Um, why are we locked into three? Why is it just a mathematical problem? Why couldn't we have five yeah. permanent opponents better than just three? Well, there, there, there's JW. There's a, there's a, a belief, and I, I, you, it's hard to disagree that you know teams should not go through 
five or six or seven years without playing one another in the SEC as part of being a conference. And I think that's a bigger challenge now with 16 schools. But, Chuck, they keep referencing that A&M's uh, and Georgia have never played in College Station since they joined the league 10 years ago. That's yeah. I think that's part of, part of it, J.W., is they want to make sure that you know, in the student-athlete's experience, everybody gets to play everybody in a reasonable amount of time. Well, that makes sense. But anyway, I've been curious about that because, you know, I could easily pick out five permanent opponents, but then, you, like you said, we wouldn't get to, we wouldn't get to go to Florida or to Georgia mm-hmm. or someplace like that. And I mm-hmm. think that's a very valuable part of the experience, not only for the fans, but for the kids that are playing, too. The one thing that you don't want to have, and this is the danger when you get to 20 teams like they're talking about, which is where I think it'll eventually settle, you don't want to have conferences within the conference. You don't want to have a situation where, like you're talking about, you don't play somewhere for 10 years or 12 years. Um, It's like you're not even in the same league anymore. And I can tell you that, you know, Georgia, for example, on the other side, that was a great college football experience this past season even though we lost i mean it was a you know it was a great college football experience two years ago i guess years run together but um for our people that went i mean they saw an alabama-like experience that they Mm -hmm. that they don't normally see and i think you do need to see things like that well when you say playing between the hedges you know exactly where you're talking about if you're a college football fan you know going to athens georgia's should be on your bucket list if you're a college football fan. And, you know, those are that's an experience as a player. You want to say you played between the hedges one day, you know. So, you know, those are experiences I think everyone should should get. Let's check in some more text. Philip on I-40 says Vanderbilt, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. I think Philip's thinking about wins hey, when he Phillip, puts those three together. <laughs> Philip's ready to go to Atlanta, baby. I'm with you. B- I'll bet Sam Pittman would go along with that. Yeah, I bet he'd sign up for that. B.E. in Clarksville says Vanderbilt, Missouri, and South Carolina. That's uh, that's the go. same three. Um, Michael and Bonanza, LSU, Oklahoma, Missouri. I, I think Missouri is um, – it's not a fan desire, but I think it's a, a reality of this arranged marriage in the SEC. Everybody knows that's probably what's going to happen. And Zach from Paragold says, Old Miss, LSU, and A&M. I could get with some of that. That'd be, that'd be three fun teams to play every year. You know, what's going to be interesting, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit in the first hour, that, you know, when you read Chris Lowe's story um, in ESPN talking about the, the nine-game schedule, the 3-6 model, I mean – you know, there's the line in there that several ADs would like to see this schedule finalized by the end of this year. And I know it's 2024 when they're scheduled to come in, but when this schedule's released, the clamor to see these games is going to be overwhelming. And it would not surprise me at all if this Texas NOU to the SEC thing's not accelerated. I'm not sure it's entirely fair to put OU and Texas through a year where everybody knows it's the last year. We remember what that was like. And um, I think maybe at the end of this year, you just get this thing done, buy them out, bring them over, and let's play. All right, there's a lot more layers to the conversation. We want to hear your thoughts, 877-377-377. 
6963. Your uh, hog update is on the way as well. We'll get into that in some of the hog headlines as Arkansas is 12, game, or 12 days away from its first game against Cincinnati. College football is almost here, and we're helping you get ready as we do every season with Arkansas Game Day with a special one to start when Arkansas opens up against Cincinnati Saturday, September the 3rd. Now, we'll get things going at 9.30 a.m. Here's the deal. Tommy's going to be back in studio. Drew Barrett's going to be at Randall Ford, and I'm going to be at Sassy's Red House on College. Arkansas Game Day is always presented by Bud Light, and Curveball Whiskey is going to be at Sassy's Red House on College. Get ready for the opening game between Arkansas and Cincinnati with Arkansas Game Day. Heard live on ESPN Arkansas and hitthatline.com. All right, here are your hog headlines as we head into uh, the second week or the first week, two weeks out, I should say. Let me phrase that better. 12 days away from the season opener. Chuck, I was online looking for some tickets at ArkansasRazorbacks.com for the Arkansas-Cincinnati game. There are, at least at the website, it makes you call the ticket office because you can't select any online. Makes me wonder how close we are to a sellout. The Bama and LSU games are kind of the same way. Looks like tickets are pretty thin for the opening game uh, in 12 days. I'm sure that's true. I mean, I'm sure that's true. I think people are excited about it. And if, um, you know, I think it'll be close to full. I know it's Labor Day weekend, but I think it'll be a good crowd. K.J. Jefferson, uh, one, of the, one of the reasons you would buy a ticket and head out there. Kendall Brown spoke with the media on Friday, was asked, what's the biggest point of improvement? Where have you seen the most gains in, in K.J.'s game? I think his footwork. His footwork has been key for, for all of that. You know, there were times last year, I'm sure, that, you know, everybody sees it. Um, there's times that he was stagnant in the pocket, standing straight up, and his footwork has been really, really good. That's been a point of emphasis for us, and um, he's done a tremendous job with that. So we're very, very pleased with that, and it's helping his accuracy. Seems like, Chuck, more and more he's picked up where he left off last year. And, you know, a lot of times you, you give back some of the gains. He doesn't seem to have given back much since they uh, took down Penn State, Penn State in uh, Tampa. No, I, I, I think he's fine, and I think he'll be uh, I think he'll be everything he's been advertised to be. You know, they've talked a lot about leadership, and he certainly has provided that. Um, but a part of leadership too is performance. I mean, you got to go out and you got to play, and you got to do it. And um, KJ does seem to be a lot more comfortable in his role, and I don't think he was uncomfortable before. But you know, we kind of. We've touched on this before. We remember the first half of the Rice game a year ago, and he got so much better as the year went on. I mean, 21 TDs, four picks, that pretty much speaks for itself. But, you know, I I would expect him to be very good at the beginning this year, and I think that's uh, – he's he's got a chance to charge out of the gate. Speaking of that, Sam Pittman spoke to K.J. and how he's so much further ahead this point – at this point this year versus last year. But I thought KJ controlled the offense. You know, if you he's your leading rusher on the team, and you never run him in camp. You know what I mean? Now he's doing his reads and he can run. If anybody's even halfway close to him, the play's dead and all that. I think you're going to see a much different offense. What I'm what I'm excited about is he can throw and we we can catch. And we're still when we hand the ball off, we're still having success. He's just getting better all the time. He really is, and I know probably we all say that, but he's getting better. He's throwing the ball better. He's taking care of the ball. Everybody on the field knows that he's, he's, he's the guy. So I've been really proud of him. He's, he's, he's 
night and day from what he was confidence-wise a year ago uh, at, at this time. We really didn't know what we had, to be honest with you, you know, going into the Rice game last year, but we do this year. You know, there were a lot of people shaking their head at halftime of that Rice game, and, uh, you know, it took a few weeks, but uh, proved, proved to be much different, Chuck, uh, over the second half of that Rice game. Well, he was just nervous. I, I mean, that's the whole thing with me last year. I mean, he was just nervous in the first half. There, you know, there were a lot of jitters there, but he obviously got over that. One of the uh, targets he won't have this year is Arkansas wideout Ja'Kalen Crawford. He's entered his name into the transfer portal. Seems like he wasn't going to get much uh, time this year. He only played uh, in a handful of games last year, uh, less than half. Caught three passes for 27 yards. Chuck, both of those in non-con games. I think it was UAPB was was two of his catches. Uh, first was at Oklahoma before coming to Arkansas. Crawford was a four-star out of Rockwall, Texas, and he has put his name into the transfer portal this was simply a matter of uh, the, the music stopped and there weren't enough chairs. Well, you know, he'd been hurt some, and it just never really worked out for him here. He was pretty heralded. You know, I mean, obviously, when you're a four-star out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I mean, you know, a lot of people want you, and when OU comes and gets you, I mean, you're a good player. And when you come play for Arkansas, you're a good player. And he'll, um, he'll find a landing spot, but this just wasn't it. Dave Van Horn's added another commitment. This one will be down the road a little bit, but it's just down the road where the commitment comes from. Fayetteville sophomore Jason Delamar gave his commitment to the Diamond Hogs last Friday. Chose Arkansas over Tennessee. He's a two-sport athlete. Uh, the reports say he's already hit 94 on the gun. And uh, he's a guy that plays center field some, shortstop some, and obviously is a pitcher as well. You know, that's the thing. You're talking about the positions. Um, one of the things about college baseball is that you know, you're generally, when you sign a player, regardless of where you end up putting him on your team, a lot of times, you know, if he's particularly if he's right-handed, I mean, he's going to be a shortstop. Um, he's going to play some center field, maybe pitch, maybe even, you know, play some catcher. I mean, you're going to – that's what the best player on the team does. And, um, you know, and I, I mentioned this before, I mean, it is remarkable – uh, the great high school players that come out of our state now. Fayetteville's always had such a great program. and um, I mean, for years, Fayetteville's had a great program, and they've helped the Razorbacks a lot. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. there at the top. What a great moment from the weekend. Albert Pujols in the same game. Career home run 691, 692. 
I think that's got a lot of Cardinal fans on the edge of their seat. It's Hot Take Monday, brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Forest River, KZ, Heartland, Keystone, Alliance, all the best brands at the best prices, and you get that lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. It's at Wheels RV, again, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Chuck, I, I think Albert Pujols has made Cardinal Games appointment TV for a lot of people here the last few weeks. Well, it kind of tells you what my social life's like, but uh, <laughs> I watch Saturday night. And, um, you know, I mean, it was jump out of your chair stuff. He almost hit three. I yeah. mean, the third, uh, the, the, the third, I mean, he can't run, but uh, hit it off the wall. That was probably the hardest hit ball. Now, you know, one thing to think about, they're playing the Cubs tonight. Drew Smiley's going to pitch for Chicago, former Razorback. So Pujols going to be in the lineup tonight. They're not going to bat him against right-handed pitching. But if there's a left-hander, they'll, they've shown they'll – I mean, they pinch hit the other day in the third inning, and he hit a grand slam. So um, they're going to pinch it at pretty much any point in the game when the other guys go left. And since Smiley's pitching tonight, I'm sure Pujols will be in the lineup. All right, we'll do our best and worst of the weekend coming up. We may have to we may have to stretch a little bit later on in the segment to come up with one better than than Albert. So we'll get to that coming up. One of the main discussions this morning has been the reports over the weekend, something that we all knew was likely imminent in this league, and that's the SEC going to nine conference games. Chris Lowe has a article at ESPN.com saying there's ample support. Uh, for a nine-game schedule amongst the athletic directors. Uh, I think the vote is imminent. Apparently, they had a big athletic directors meeting, which was kind of an annual deal to get ready for football season. Chuck, they'd like to maybe have this schedule out, which I guess would be for the 25 season unless things get bumped up because we still got some time before Texas and OU join the league. Uh, They'd like to get this formula worked out sooner rather than later. Yeah, we've known the nine game was coming. I think that most people that follow it knew it was coming the questions were how's it going to be implemented and when's it going to happen um you know they're talking about having this schedule the three six model they're talking about having it finalized before the end of this fall before the end of this season and i don't know if it'll be released but if it's not it'll get leaked and that's just how it works and you know part of this too i think is <coughs> pardon me for better or worse um these TV deals and conference realignment and all this stuff is, this is how we keep score in the offseason now. It's become another way for fans to keep score during the offseason. And, you know, after the Big Ten announced their TV deal, I think people wondered, you know, how's the SEC going to counter? How are they going to respond? And, um, you know, I think this is part of that. Um, you know, it's not an accident Chris Lowe released, you know, wrote no, this no. story. I, I mean, none of this is by accident. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot more coming. You know, I wrote down just some different angles. We've talked about who you'd like to have as your three permanent opponents. You can continue to text those to us this morning or give us a call. Uh, same number as always, 877-377-6963. You know, one thing, Chuck, the, the league did prove to itself was playing nine conference games as possible. Teams can survive it. They, they did this with COVID with 10 games. So, I, you know, that was certainly wasn't a design test, but, you know, for those that will say, well, nine SEC games is just too much for the student-athletes, we've seen them survive the, this type of schedule in harder times and thrive under the circumstances. So uh, we have recently seen the ability for these teams to to manage their way 
uh, through this type of schedule? Well, you've just got the potential for so many great games now with expansion. So as a result of that, you know, the TV people are going to want more marquee games. And the way you have that is to play more conference games. And so, you know, again, it was it was inevitable that this was going to happen. And, you know, I think fans deserve this. Um, you know, we ask, and by we, I, I mean all the schools, um, I use the collective we, all the schools that sell tickets and have foundations and booster clubs, they ask a lot of fans. They ask for a lot of their hard-earned money. Being a fan's expensive. Yeah. Um, and the idea that you're going to play a directional school in November and then scold people for not coming is um, that's just a little bit far-fetched in this day and age. Tickets aren't cheap anymore. It's not cheap to be a fan. And so, um, you know, when you spend more money and they ask more of you as a fan, I don't think it's unrealistic to say we need more great games. And that's part of this, too. And and when you expect a billion dollars a year from the TV network who has to pass on that expense to their subscribers, and believe you me, your SEC network and your ESPN portion of your dish or satellite or cable bill it's going up down the road you can just bank on that the savings get passed on to you the advertisers their rates are going up because more people will watch i mean when you when you expect a billion dollars a year which is somewhere where this will land with this expanded sec uh you've got to be you got to be willing to to make moves like nine games that's the only path to the biggest dollars well and and you're right and you know the athletic directors, I'm certain, when this is voted on, will be unanimous in their approval of this. I'm also certain that there's some reservation on uh, some people's parts. But, um, you know, it, it's, um, you know, the, the other side of the coin is that it's going to be awfully hard to go 9-0 and in our league. It's going to be awfully hard to go 7-2 and in our league. Um, can you get into the playoff? Uh, I mean, does it does it hurt your playoff chances? I don't know. You know gonna we're going to find it. out. Yeah, they're going to find out as we go. Because look, the the Big Ten's going to do the same thing. I, I, I mean, everybody's going to be on a similar playing field. I suspect. Otis and Paragold wants to know about the Arkansas Arkansas State game in 2025. As far as I know, that would still be on the schedule. But Chuck, one of the realities of nine SEC games, particularly for a conference like the Sun Belt. This is going to be a huge financial hit because they all have big paydays right. with these non-conference games with SEC schools. You take one of those away, and uh, you know, for the group of six and the and the smaller schools in the FBS and even some FCS programs that find their way on these schedules, these million-dollar-plus paydays are going to be uh, be fewer and farther between. I would suspect they'll still play Arkansas State, but your point's well made in that you know there are going to be fewer of these money games for these small schools and um you know again unfortunately or fortunately depending upon how you look at it um this is all ruled by television dollars and um it's all television money chases brands i mean that's what they care about and um you know they don't care about those other schools i hate to say it but well i won't say they don't care about them they don't care about them as much as they do <laughs> Um, the SEC and the Big Ten. I just think if you're Troy or you're UL Monroe or, you know, really any of those schools in those type well, of leagues. if you're leagues, Arkansas State. you're Arkansas State. If you're Arkansas State. State. Um, you know, those are the paydays you count on to not just fund your football program, but 
your men's and women's basketball teams, your golf programs, your all the other non-revenue sports, as we call them in Arkansas, are, are, are all solely dependent on the football program. And the football program is solely dependent on those type of games. So uh, maybe some, you know, my, you might be seeing some tough choices for those schools, you know, two, three, four years from now. I think everybody's still going to have one game on their schedule that when you look at the schedule, it's obvious who the least of these is. I, I still think everybody's going to try to schedule one of those games, and that's not unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you look at Arkansas' schedule this year. You look at what they're playing out of conference. Um, you know, if you had that this year, you'd probably be replacing Liberty in November with a conference ball game. So, you know, you'd have your what some would call your layup game with Missouri State, although I don't know that it's going to be that way. Um, and you've got two reasonably strong opponents in Cincinnati and BYU. So you'd, you'd be playing a similar type schedule to what you're playing now. You'd just be replacing Liberty with an SEC game. Will, the, um, will this new schedule in nine games, will it help or hurt Arkansas getting to an SEC championship game? Will it make it harder to get there or the path without divisions possibly get you there quicker I, I think that's an interesting thought because uh as i understand it chuck there won't be an east and a west you're, you're going to have the three permanent and the six rotating and the divisions will will go away does does arkansas have a better chance finishing in the top two overall or does this make it more difficult to get back to play for the title well i think the first thing you got to do is make sure you're good enough to play for the championship regardless of how many league games you're playing i mean you know um they're a lot closer now with an eight-game schedule than they were, but it's not like, you know, we've been knocking at the door um, for the last five or six years. I, I mean, we're, we're just now getting back to the point where we can talk about, you know, being able to, you know, hang with Alabama and hang with Georgia and hang with those teams. And, um, you know, I think it's a very, very difficult task regardless. You know, one of the things that, you know, we just assume, and you just kind of said it there, we just assume – that it's going to be the top two teams playing in the SEC championship game. I don't know that it's not going to be the two highest-ranked teams mm-hmm. playing in the SEC. I mean, what's the criteria when you no longer have the obvious with a divisional champion? If you go to that 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 format, if you go to you know no divisions, I mean, the assumption, the natural assumption would be that it's going to be the two teams that finish top two in the standings now most of the time those would be the two highest ranked teams but you're going to have a lot of teams in the league you're going to have two you know you're going to have two lost teams in this league yeah just 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 the sheer numbers the math dictates that and um you're going to have more ties and how do you break those ties yeah i mean i don't know how all that's going to play out and i don't think they have all the answers to it either but that my thought on that is it might make it easier somehow for Arkansas to possibly get there because more games means more other more teams can lose. If Arkansas has that one year out of five or ten where it seems like where you can kind of get the stars to align and maybe you are a seven and two team and you're tied in there with a couple of teams that you've beaten, maybe it does make the path easier than trying to, to win a Western division. It doesn't sound logical in the regards of more games, more chances to lose, but sometimes you just need some some weird scenarios to happen. And I think with nine teams Nine or nine games and, and uh, 16 teams, Chuck, some weird things are going to happen. Well, they probably are. And, you know, 
I don't think there's any doubt when you have that many teams. Just the, you know, again, the sheer math. I mean, you just start doing the math. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to lose. Um, there's just, you know, what's the criteria going to be for a good year? I, I mean, um, you know, how do you tell a coach necessarily, hey, we want you to compete for the conference championship every year? Well, what's competing for the championship now? Yeah. If you got 16, 18, 20 teams, if you finish in the top four, have you competed for the championship? Um, you know, what's what's the expectation? What's the requirement? Um, and, again, I mean, how do you figure out who gets to Atlanta? Do you still play that game? I'm assuming you do. Um, you know, we just don't know how all this is going to shake out. Yeah. So who do you think should be the three permanent opponents? That's been the, the question of the day we've been kicking around. Dennison Springdale says LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri. Otis in, uh, I say, no, Otis's question, but Arkansas State. Uh, TC says LSU, OU, and Texas. Now, Chuck, for my money, if, if, if we're not going to have a, a schedule that includes OU and Texas every year, and that you've got a home schedule that has Texas or OU on your home schedule every year, that's going to be disappointing. Maybe I'm expecting too much, but that to me is the perfect world that you play OU in Texas every year, and one of those two is in your stadium every year. That The road game becomes drivable, becomes a destination, a bucket list type game. I'm just not very confident right now that's how it's going to work out. I just, you know, when you look at, when you look at what everybody's wanting and you know, try to read the tea leaves and all this. It's it's everyone looks at it from their own perspective. Um, for example, um, Steve Sarkeesian said that it was important for Texas to play Texas A&M in Oklahoma every year. It was important for them to be able to do that. I suspect that is going to happen. Now, if you are Texas. Um, do you want to play Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Arkansas every year? Because those three teams, their fan bases, are going to want to beat you more than anybody else. You know, you are the bullseye in your three permanent opponent games. There's not a layup there, so to speak. Um, you get into competitive ballots. Um, Texas A&M says they want to play Texas every year. They want to play LSU every year. Um, we've already seen that the Texas A&M-LSU game carries some weight with the SEC. That's why they play at the end of the year now. We don't because the conference, um, you know, the conference wanted that game. So it's reasonable to expect that they're still going to want that game. Um, I don't know that they're going to want to play Arkansas in a, you know, in a trophy game. Um, everybody's going to be looking at, is there an easy game? If, if, they're in, if say, A&M, Oklahoma, Missouri, Arkansas are in a pod, is Texas and Texas A&M are, you know, they're going to be looking at how do we, you know, how do we win? How do we get to Atlanta? Well, there's no Arkansas. They're playing Missouri every year. Mm -hmm. We don't get to play Missouri every year. So, you know, you've, you've, you've got you've to balance all this out, and it's not just from our perspective. I've got my druthers, too. There's actually four or five I'd like to play every year. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't work that way, though. And everybody else is going to have a say in this. And so um, the conference, I mean, uh, that's why they make the big money. Yeah, and you start looking at the teams, and there's one game that's just absolutely going to be played. League's going to 
demand it. Schools are going to demand it. TV's going to demand it. Games like the Iron Bowl, Bama, Auburn. You can just write that one down. That, that's going to happen. Well, here's one thing to think about, though. If you're Auburn, all right, if you're Auburn, you got to play Alabama. Auburn, Georgia is the oldest rivalry in the South. Right. So all of a sudden, you're Auburn, and you got to play Alabama and Georgia every year. Yeah. Now, I promise you, they're going to be lobbying for Vanderbilt for that third <laughs> permanent opponent, and they're probably going to have a case. So, again, you, you, you've got to take a look at competitive balance when you also look at traditional rivalries because Auburn would have a major beef there, and I guarantee you they would voice it. Georgia-Florida, there's another game. So yeah. that would put Georgia playing Auburn and Florida. Right. But, but that's a game that, you know, by all accounts has to be played. The Egg Bowl. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, got to play that game. And then we, we don't think about Ole Miss and LSU. That That's a huge rivalry in that part of, of the conference. And uh, those that have paid close, I mean, that's a game that, that means a lot to those two schools. Well, we also have to think beyond our pod. I mean, you know, you can bet that if Nick Saban's still at Alabama and Jimbo Fisher's still at Texas A&M, they're going to want to have those guys up against one another every year just for the storyline. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and we've not even talked about very much anyway, you know, Tennessee, Kentucky, yeah. South Carolina, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, it, you know, there's a, and, and potentially Clemson and, 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 and Florida State and some of the others that may be brought into the equation. Is um, is Tennessee Vanderbilt even a thing? Is that just because they're in the same state they need to play or well, no, throw that out? Nobody's a rival with Vanderbilt. I mean, nobody wants to be lumped. But into somebody's got to play them, Chuck. No, you're right, <laughs> and, and that's the point, and and that's where you get back into competitive balance. Nobody views Vanderbilt as a rival, but I promise you, every coach in the league would love to have them as a permanent opponent. And what do you do with Kentucky? They're really good right now. They may win ten games this year. Well, but what happens when Tennessee every year? What, yeah, what happens when Stoops leaves and they become more like Vanderbilt and and back to the traditional ways of Kentucky? Well, everything's cyclical. There was a time in the '90s when the East was clearly better than the West, and uh, there will be a time again when the East is better than the West. It doesn't seem that way right now, but um, and of course, if they abolish the divisions, eventually we'll quit talking about it anyway. And uh, that's why I think the word "permanent opponents," you know, maybe we need to say yes. Yeah, semi-permanent every five well, years six years this gets reviewed again well, if clemson comes point. into the league south carolina is going to be a permanent opponent i guarantee you that well if what kevin warren said is true that 20 teams and paying the players and all these things he laid down last week become realities instead of promises um the sec will be making the, those moves as well brought to you by wt equipment they have eight locations to take care of their customers they're in arkansas and north louisiana they're expanding their conference so to speak with uh, more locations now in searcy with sales service and parts to take care of all your needs there as well wt equipment is your source when it comes to uh, construction equipment excavators and track loaders and more all right there so visit any of their eight locations including springdale and in searcy see a large selection of new and pre-owned inventory and when you're ready to invest in agricultural or construction equipment see the folks at wt equipment find them online at wtequip.com fun weekend albert pujols hits two home runs that was one of the best of the weekend um Talk about worst of the weekend real quick. Saturday morning, I'm out in the yard, guys. I have to move a ladder around, pick this ladder up. Guess what's inside of it? A wasp nest. 
bam, right on the back of the head, gets stung. First thing Saturday morning. That's wow. my my worst of the weekend. That's a bad way to start a Saturday. a bad way to start a Saturday. Of course, wife thought I needed to call an ambulance. I was going to go into to, to shock. My, my throat was going to close. All the, I don't know if she was worried or rooting for it. I, I, that's the part I couldn't figure out. But uh, anyway, that was kind of my worst of the weekend. Do you have a, a best of the weekend, Chuck? Best of the weekend, my buddy David Johnson from Hope came up. Used to play for the Razorbacks. Jerry Eckwood's roommate one time. Brought a bunch of Hope watermelons up, and I snatched a couple from him, cut one open. It was awesome. That's some good eating. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last crunch berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Tapping Crunch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.